Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. Another episode here with Rich Klein again. Welcome, Rich. Thanks for having me. Also, not here, but supporting this effort are my outstanding list of sponsors, including Beckett Media, BGS, BAS, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Mike's Stadium Sports Cards, Panini, Tops, and Upper Deck. Thank you to our sponsors for making this possible. We're doing an episode today that I've been looking forward to for a long time. It's a tribute. It's a tribute to my friend, Mike Burkus, who uh, passed away two years ago. Yes, as a matter of fact, I was working with you that afternoon when I got the text saying, Burkus, what happened? You know, he passed away on a Saturday, you know, and I come, you know, just so the listeners know that you and I, I come to your house approximately once a month, usually on a Saturday, and we we're still working through some of the material you owned from your Beckett, from your Beckett owning days. And you still have a lot of stuff. I still have a lot of cards and I'm trying to have less every year, but I'm not sure I'm being as successful as I'd like, but I love cards. What can I say? And when you mentioned the list of sponsors, it reminded me when you're talking about Mike Burke is how one day, one year we have to get Mr. Fruitman to the national, but all those people are going to be together at a national convention, which was one of the brainchilds of Mr. Burkus. He was one of the three founding fathers. And I, I actually, uh, I knew, originally I knew Gavin. I met Gavin in the early 70s. I was out in California, in L.A. area, and he was such a gracious host. Uh, he had a fabulous collection. It was 48, kind of 48 to 1980. Actually, it wasn't 1980 because this was 1973, <laughs> but but uh, he was uh very gracious with his knowledge. I, I wasn't a newbie, but I, I certainly didn't have the experience that I later acquired by as I got more and more involved. But and then I got to know I didn't know Steve Bruner quite as well. Mike Burkus, you were instant friends with him as soon as you met him because he was full of life and and full of personality and uh, had a real uh, gift for marketing and promoting. And uh, even though Steve and Gavin were very involved. I think Mike Burkus was a lot of the dynamic energy in in blowing up, as they say, the the national into a concept that's just a, a must event. And that's a that's he he worked for several card companies and had a lot of other uh, legacy type contributions. But the national certainly would be his number one. You know, and he used to used to give a yearly speech at the Net Fifty Four, which is a hobby message board dinner. And he was so good at tailoring his speeches. Most of the people at Net54 are more old-school collectors, and he could tell the old-school stories as well as anybody in the hobby. He was an aggressive collector uh, back in the day. I remember in the 70s, he would, again, no internet, no, I mean, basically, you're talking on the phone. You might see people at shows. You're exchanging things in the mail. But he was he was an aggressive uh, trader and acquirer of cards and had uh, had, a, had a real eye for, for uh, value and rarity and... And uh, so I, I didn't have that many trades with him. I, I didn't do that much trading one for one. I mainly just made uh, larger kinds of things. But so I, I uh, in that sense, I never really competed with him. I, he never really worked for me or I didn't work for him. But we, we were just kind of peers and colleagues and friends. And that's that's a nice way to do it. He He did work for several entities within 
within our industry and uh, and I'm sure made a contribution in each one. And, you know, what I always remember about him is what a good deal maker he was. You know, oh, absolutely. We tell the story. I tell the story of the 91 National because I had kept my cables after the 90 National. This is I you hired me just after the 1990 National, but I had paid for the tables immediately after the shows because I had done so well. So it's okay. I'll, I'll take the tables. We don't know how long I'm going to be here. So I'll take the tables. And I had the tables. You had two tables and B.A. Murray had two tables. We didn't have a corporate presence. And you and Mike worked it out where we combined all six tables and made it like a Beckett back issue sale and back book sale table. And, and we obviously sold current issues too. And the hobby was so hot, and the 91 National, we should probably do a separate episode on by itself, uh, is that we paid for everybody's expenses and had enough left over for you to give everybody a mid-year bonus just based on what we did out of that show. Rich, I vaguely remember that a uh, long time ago, and I, I think you're, you're telling it like it is. Those were, those were exciting days. I remember being out there at that show and and uh, driving up and seeing the line all the way around the building at the Anaheim Convention Center. That was pretty spectacular. I mean, that in a sense... And there were even more people in the room. In a sense, that was Mike's crowning achievement. Oh, my goodness. Well, he had done a lot of work for Disneyland and uh, with the Dancing Waters and so some of these things that he did. So he had... He had... uh, he he had a very creative mind, but he was highly relational too. So he, like I said, if there was a deal to be made, he he loved wheeling and dealing and and negotiating and brokering things. And he it always accused me of being under marketed. He'd say, "Boy, if you just I I could really help you take it to the next level." I said, "Well, Mike, I think we're getting to the next level." He said, well, "No, no, but I can get you there faster." I said, "Well, I'm I, I've got my seatbelt buckled. This is about as fast as I think we can go." And uh, so we had a we had a great repartee over the years, and and um, and I think you were both right. I think in the early '90s there might have been another level, but we were doing so well as it was yeah. that why go somewhere where the crash might be larger instead of let's go. So if the market ever softens, which it did, we have a softer way to land. And we should throw an aside in that Mike's son is actually much more famous. Than he is. Uh, one of, well, he's got he's got a couple four sons, sons? Four, four sons. Yes, I think four. In fact, when I first met him, his sons would be at his table. Yes, and he was never at the table. He was right. always, you know, moving yeah. around uh, uh, looking for stuff. But his sons, he I, th- I think he had four Dan, sons. Dan is actively involved. Dan in the show. is is kind of take. You can't take his place, but is involved in in his wife Char. That is, you know, again, that's, and 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 if you haven't heard of Nate Burkus, just Google <laughs> Nate him. Nate is the yeah. <laughs> Nate's. Yeah, that's you can uh, Oprah's Oprah's uh, favorite designer, yes. I think. Yes, and one of the things you did to help the national get off the ground in 1980 is you were very gracious with your annual book, which I believe sold over a hundred thousand copies that year. And on the inside of the front cover, there was a free ad for the first national convention. Well, like I said, those guys were um, uh, again. N- n- I mean, Mike was a promoter. And almost never saw an idea he didn't like, but it wasn't just Mike coming up with a dream. In fact, many of the dreams he had did come true, 
that he, by force of personality and will, he got done. But the fact that he had Steve and Gavin working with him and they'd already promoted some shows there, I thought this is something we can really get behind. And again, it was, it was, uh, uh, an easy decision to, to, to do that. And again, it's, if, if, if that's part of the legacy, wow. After 40 years yeah. now, it's, he, 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 he was proud. He would be proud of, of uh, the legacy and his son's carrying on and his wife's helping out. And plus there's John Brogy, your old uh, right. New I worked, Jersey friend. I worked for John for about a year part-time and I've known John for almost 40 years, as long as you've known Mike. And John in a lot of ways is a, was a perfect partner to Mike as well. You know, Hey, somebody, we need to have somebody talk to channel seven, Mike, go talk to channel seven. I'll, I can stay here and run the day-to-day part of the show. You go do whatever you do best. And I can take care of the details of what I do best. Yeah. I, I think Mike was kind of an alpha type guy, yeah. but it's frequently these alpha type men, maybe women too, but certainly men, uh, they have their greatest success when they're part of a team, when they're, when they have a, an associate, a partner, a, uh, somebody that fills in their gaps. And I think Brogy was wonderful. In fact, before that, uh, Mike was close with Bob Wilkie and they, they were nominal MC hosts at the annual Hawaii show, which was another fun thing. They had a, essentially a, a, it wouldn't be a stand up comedy routine because they were sitting down, but they, they just worked off each other so well. They're both quick witted and, a gift of gab and loved cards. So what you don't want to go is to a comedy routine that is completely irrelevant to the subject at hand. I've been to some of those. These guys knew their cards. They knew the audience and they were funny and, and just, you could stick a microphone in front of them and they, they wouldn't actually would not give it back. <laughs> yeah, no, they were, they were both very good. Bob was very good at doing a lot of that. Mike was very good. I miss Bob. I like seeing him. He's, He's always a very gracious host as well, you know, and he contributed a lot to the success of the Nationals as well while he was involved running it. So it's really good to see, you know, that the National has stayed in good hands, you know, for 40 years. And 40 years is one heck of an accomplishment. Well, especially when the, the governance structure is uh, amorphous. I don't know. It's, it's, it's certainly shifted. There have been a lot of things going on that have that have prolonged and improved and and uh, given the that event a chance to thrive, but that doesn't necessarily mean getting it bigger and better every year. It's it's peaked and then it's been. Uh, they, they had so many tables; it was so big. We we talked about that a, a few issues ago. But Berkus could size things up. One thing about Mike, as we're talking about that, is that he wanted the he wanted one day to have a twenty four hour card show. Basically, no matter what time of the day it was, somebody could come to the show. And the Breaker Pavilion is really part of his dream, too. It's been really cool. You know, there are pros and cons to breaking. I'm a big fan of about 98% of what breakers do and how they do it. But the Breaker Pavilion is really part of Mike Burkus's dream. It stays open till it's, mid. It and stays it's, open till midnight. Uh, named after him now, right? It's named after him, which is is wonderful. I mean, he, he's got so many things that his name is all over. Uh, but and he's missed. I mean, he just he, he he was he he was a presence and was always, you know, we had we had a professional relationship. We also had a personal relationship, and that's I don't have a personal relationship with everybody in the hobby because it's a large hobby. But you know, we were, you know, we 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 uh, 
you know, we're concerned for each other's kids and marriages and things like that. And so we had, we had more than just, uh, you know, talking about what's the latest hot thing. Right. No, we, we, it's a family. You know, I, I always tried to build relationships when I went on my show trips because I figured we'd get 99% of the pricing correct anyway. But learning how to deal with the navigation of who's telling you the truth and how they're telling it to you was as important as getting the actual pricing right. We were going to get the pricing right, and we did. Well, I mean, we, we, we're in a hobby that, that where there's, a, there, there's generally a lot of optimism and promoting and wanting the cards to be worth more. We, we're collectors. We would love that, too. But, again, as you said, once you get to know the person, you, you, you have a sense of, of what they're about. And it's not that they're dishonest. It's just that they're, some people want to market or push certain things, and, and you just have to take that into account. You know, as, I'm, as we're talking about Mike, it reminds me, he met one of his heroes from his childhood in one of the last nationals he was involved with. Somebody from the Minneapolis yeah, Milners that, that yeah. he had never met before. And he said, I felt like I was a six-year-old kid again. Yeah. Yeah, it was like it was great to see that even you know sixty years later, yeah. he was still fascinated by his childhood and his collecting and understood his roots. Yeah, I think he really was a collector at heart, and yet uh, again, kind of a marketing whiz and a and a promoter and a lot of things that I, I mean, I wasn't envious. So like I said, I think we had a, <laughs> a, a division of labor, a division of, of uh, skills or gifts, but he just I just marveled at some of the things he did and. Uh, and like I said, he helped several of the card companies with, he, he was, I think he was more of a consultant than an employee. Yes. Because he followed the beat of his own drummer and he had a lot of great ideas and, uh, you know, threw a lot of them our way. And like I said, a couple of those deals were consummated in ways that, that had uh, mutual blessing. I think this has been a really nice talk about Mr. Burkus. And as I said, the fact that the National has survived 40 years is a real testament to what he has brought to the hobby. Absolutely. And for those of you who did not get to know him, you really missed a, a great guy. So, again, we'll, uh, we'll deal with uh, similar topics in the future. Thanks, Rich, for being here. Thanks for having me. Uh, there's uh, a lot of things from the past as well as the future that, that I think are worth talking about. And if, if we can continue this on a daily basis, we'll have a chance to tackle topics that are of interest to you. If you do have a question or a comment, and you want to just email it in, you could send it to beckettinsights at gmail.com or drjamesbeckett at gmail.com. That's all spelled out. And I can promise you I won't respond personally, but I can promise you I will read it, and I will apply whatever that question or comment is to a future issue so that more than just you would get the answer if it's something that's of broad interest. So, again, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.